Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of writers and thinkers. I'm Jiva Lang, and this week I'd like to talk about my complicated feelings for Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton just made history by becoming the first female presidential nominee of a major political party, and as a millennial feminist, this should be my political moment. But I just can't get excited for Hillary. That may come as a surprise, particularly to my older cohort, but I have my reasons. And they stem back to the first time another woman sat me down and gave me the talk. I was a senior at a small liberal arts college in Vermont. It was spring 2015. In the cafeteria, one of us brought up politics and I told her, I can't wait to vote for a woman. And then she told me she was voting for Bernie Sanders if he runs. At first I was shocked. She was my most politically active friend, a strong Obama supporter who had always spoken up for the rights of women. But then, as we started to talk, I found that there wasn't much about Hillary the politician that I liked. I was struck then that I can't wait to vote for a woman isn't really a good reason to vote for someone, as exciting as a history-making result may be. But for the next 14 months, women would continue to give me the talk. Only this talk was different. This was the talk about why I was a bad feminist or even a bad woman for not supporting Hillary. It was the talk about why I was too young to understand systematic sexism, too naive to hope of having a different woman president in my lifetime, too ungrateful for saying not this one. In fact, only months after I wrapped an arm around Gloria Steinem for a picture following her intimate commencement speech at my graduation, she rejected my own agency as an intelligent, politically tapped-in individual by claiming young women supported Bernie Sanders because that's where the boys are. And, and when you're young, you're thinking, you know, where are the boys? The boys are with Bernie, or, you know. <laughs> okay, I am not poo-pooing what Clinton has fought for and accomplished, but I am not popping champagne over her coronation, just as I wouldn't be if the first woman to be crowned the nominee of a major American political party had been Carly Fiorina, a candidate whose policies and positions I fundamentally disagree with. I am well aware of the significance of having the first woman nominee in the 238-year history of my country. I mean, it's downright shameful in light of the fact that 63 countries have had a female head of state in the past 50 years or so. Being born in the early 90s is a privilege because, as some argue, sooner rather than later, a woman will become U.S. president, leaving us younger women less motivated by the narrative of first woman. Instead, us younger women are asking whether Clinton should be the first woman. Indeed, the focus on the fact that Hillary Clinton could be the first female president eclipses even her most damning political scars. In my own opinion, Clinton has shown an alarming lack of foresight and judgment. I condemn her for the support of the racist 1994 crime bill, her vote in favor of the Iraq war, her approval of Israel's war in Gaza, her leniency with fracking, her slow come-arounds of supporting same-sex marriage, her uncomfortable encounters with Black Lives Matter protesters, her rhetoric during President Obama's 2008 campaign, and her argument for intervention in Libya and the ousting of Gaddafi, which Obama has called the single worst mistake of his presidency. Is Libya perfect? It isn't. But did they have two elections that were free and fair where they voted for moderates? Yes, they did. So, you know, changing from a dictator who has hollowed out your country to something resembling a functioning state and even hopefully more of a democratic one doesn't happen overnight. But other critics of Clinton have pointed out ways in which Hillary the Hawk has actually undermined feminism. 
Long before Clinton stepped onto the national stage, when she was still a young lawyer married to the Arkansas governor, Clinton became the first woman on the board at Walmart, a company known for systematically discriminating against low-wage female employees, and there isn't evidence that she attempted to address that discrimination. Decades later, when Clinton was Secretary of State, she rewarded states that violently criminalized prostitution, despite condemnation by major human rights organizations. With a U.S.-backed coup, she helped to stabilize Honduras, the homicide capital of the world, which resulted in skyrocketing femicides. Clinton and her husband both promoted sweatshop conditions in developing nations in the guise of American interests in the 90s, a strategy that continued into Clinton's stint as Secretary of State. And of course, there's the fact that war, a go-to move for Clinton, always results in increases in rapes. Of course, Bernie's revolution didn't come to fruition, and he gave a moving endorsement of Hillary at the Democratic National Convention. By these measures, any objective observer will conclude that based on her ideas and her leadership, Hillary Clinton must become the next president of the United States. But just as I don't have to vote for Clinton because of our mutual sex, I don't have to be happy or grateful or appreciative that this is the woman who changed American history. I haven't yet decided if I will vote for Hillary Clinton this November. Not because I would ever in a million years vote for her alternative, but because my New York State vote will likely not matter when it comes to the final electoral college tally. Instead, I will have to weigh two very possible outcomes. Do I want to one day be able to tell a daughter that I voted for the first female president? Or will I come to have blood on my hands if I put that mark on my ballot this fall? There will be those who say I'm a bad feminist, even when evidence is presented to the contrary. And for them, I will close the way a millennial feminist is supposed to, by quoting Beyonce. Sorry, I ain't sorry. And that does it for this episode of 7 Minute Opinions. To check out the week's selection of podcasts, including 7 Minute Explainers and This Week I Learned, go to theweek.com audio. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell your friends, or give us a rating or review on iTunes. I'm Jiva Lang, and thanks so much for listening.